0: Welcome back to the Palin Think Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Yakadget, for all your fine quality kayak fishing accessories. Go to yakadget.com. Pelican cases cooler and lighter. Go to pelican.com. And the 153 Bait Company, for all your hard and soft bait Go to the 153angler.com. So join with me as together we dive into the tips and techniques that will help make us better anglers out on the water. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Bass Fishing for Noobs here on the Paddle and Fin Podcast. I am your host, Sean Lavery. Thank you guys for joining me again this week. Um, Just to start out, this show is going to be a little bit different. Uh, It's been a very busy week for me and uh, a lot of other kayak anglers as the uh, Hobie TOC is uh, taking place as we speak. Um, so I had a, l- a hard time trying to find, uh, someone to talk to this week. I had two people that had to back out on me, unfortunately, and, um, uh, just a busy week for everyone all around. So, uh, today I think I'm going to fly solo if, uh, I, I I'm going to give it a shot. And, um, so I apologize, uh, for those of you who are uh, sick and tired of seeing my face, um, today it's going to be the only face that you get to see if you're watching this on YouTube, but we'll try to make the best of it. So, um, I want to start out with a story so uh wednesday uh i uh been really struggling to get out on the water and fish with time change uh it starts getting dark here now at about five o'clock sun uh, sun sunsets right around five it's and it gets dark real quick after that so i've just been struggling to find time to get out on the water uh so wednesday um i was just i was like i have to get out on the water so I took my kayak I loaded up my kayak uh, in my truck the the night before Tuesday night and I was like I'm just gonna take my kayak to work uh, I get done working at 3 30 I said I'm just gonna drive to the river hit the river um, you know I'll probably get there around four 405 and just fish until dark you know I just I gotta get some fishing in so um, I did that I, I loaded up my kayak took it to work uh, a bunch of people are like why is your why is your kayak in your truck and I was explaining to them Uh, that I really wanted to get out. So uh, I got done at work at 3.30, hopped in the truck, started heading towards the river, and I was really uh, kind of uh, questioning where I wanted to go. I have a couple of places close by me that, you know, I had some options. Uh, The river flow was pretty normal, uh, wasn't too crazy, uh, wasn't super low either. So uh, pretty much most of my options were open. And I decided on a uh, location uh, that I had recently stumbled upon and, uh, the last couple of times I've, have uh, went through there has been, uh, really a, a pretty productive spot for me. So I was like, hey, look, I look, I have limited time, maybe, you know, 45 minutes an hour if I'm lucky, uh, to fish. So I, you know, I just wanted to, you know, try and get a bite, you know, so go to the place I had the best odds of, you know, at least landing some kind of fish. So I, uh, put my boat in at the ramp, uh, Pushed off and paddled upstream to to this spot, and um, maybe third or fourth cast in at the spot. I landed a nice 16-inch Molly and I was like, "All right, all right." Uh, didn't get skunked. I was super worried about getting skunked. I just wanted to catch a fish, so uh, got that monkey off my back pretty early. Um, you know, started casting around. I noticed a, a, a bass boat up river from me a little bit, who uh, was floating downstream. So I kept kind of fishing the the area I was, didn't want to really make too much of a scene. Uh, ended up catching another uh, smaller 14-inch molly that, you know, fought pretty good, but uh, wasn't crazy huge. And about that time, looked up and the boat was pretty much right on top of me. Uh, so I kind of, uh, I didn't really want to give up that spot, um, but they were kind of just floating through and didn't really make any effort to go around me. So I kind of backed out of the spot, and they floated right over top of it. Two guys cast, and I wasn't really sure what they were throwing, but uh, they were uh, both casting um, kind of. So it took them about maybe 10, 15 minutes to float through, and uh, they got down below me maybe another 100 yards or so, turned on their motor, and left. Um, They had saw me catch the 14-incher, so I thought that they would maybe hang around a little bit longer, but apparently they were little frustrated i didn't see either of them catch a fish but uh they quickly jetted out of there after they got downriver past me um so i decided at that point it was starting to get uh close to five o'clock the sun was uh you know down below the horizon and uh things were starting to get uh you know darker so i was like ah well i guess i'll just drift back down to to the ramp from here and um just cast my way back down i'll start at the hole that i knew was halfway decent and then start you know, floating back downstream. Well, needless to say, uh, second or third cast after that boat, uh, kind of hightailed it out of there. I, uh, hooked into, uh, my PB Smalley, uh, 20 inches. It didn't fight really a whole lot, uh, jumped one time. And, you know, as soon as I saw it jump, I knew it was a big one and, uh, really, uh, wasn't super far from, from the kayak when, uh, I it jumped the first time, so I grabbed my net quick, kind of yanked it over, got it in the net, and uh pulled it on board. So, um, I was super stoked. I've been looking for a 20 inch Smalley on the Susky for a long time, and uh, to finally get it, uh, I was super happy. Um, it really choked totally choked the bait I was throwing, and, and that's the bait we're going to talk about tonight. Um, it's a lipless crank, and um. I've been wanting to do a show on this uh, for a little bit. I've, I have a couple of feeler emails out to and uh, messages out to some people asking to come on and talk about it, but I really didn't have much of a response. So. Um, but because I've been doing so well on this lore, I wanted to kind of take a moment and at least get it out there, because I think right now is almost prime time to be throwing it. Um, there are other times of the year we'll talk about uh, that, that it works well, too. But uh, I've just been doing really well uh, since I started throwing uh, the lipless crank. So today we're going to go over uh, everything that uh, I know about lipless cranks. Again, you know, I'm definitely a noob. When it comes to some things, but uh, I've put in a lot of research on this topic um, this week as I was you know, preparing, hoping to do a show with a professional, but uh, I feel like I have a pretty good handle on it, so let's start breaking it down. So lipless crank, what is a lipless crank? So most of you guys, we've, we've done shows on crankbaits before, it's basically you, uh, you have your hard body beat, um, it's uh, basically uh, something that you're going to pull through the water, uh, doesn't have a bill on it. Um, but it uh, it uh, it still works, uh, It does bounce off the bottom pretty well. Um, we'll talk about that. That's uh, one of the techniques that I like to use. Um, but kind of when and when do I throw a lipless crankbait? Well, I started throwing a lipless crankbait this year towards the end of summer. Uh, a fishing buddy of mine, Jake Stoffman, um, was uh, upriver in Harrisburg, uh, on a bass boat with his buddy. and uh, had a really, really good day on the lipless crank and he said, hey, uh, you should probably uh, tie one of those on, try throwing it down, down in your area. And I had never thrown the lipless crank in the river before because uh, I was kind of, you know, worried about it. You know, I, I throw crankbaits a lot in the river and was doing pretty well with them this year. Um, But I really thought, you know, with the the bill on there, that that's what was keeping me from getting snagged up. And when I was looking at the lipless cranks, I'm like, well, there's nothing there to keep me from getting snagged up. And, you know, the Susquehanna is a really rocky river. Uh, I just it didn't seem like it would be the best choice to to throw. Um, But after Jake had that really good day up in Harrisburg, uh, he, uh, you know, told me I should try it. And he ended up coming down uh, to fish with me we went out uh and he was started throwing the the lipless right away and i had a crank a regular crankbait tied on and um in the time that uh i caught my first fish he had already caught four or five fish at that point he kept telling me i'm telling you tie the lipless on tie the lipless on and i think i only had one or two with me at that point in my tackle box but i took out a crawl colored one that was kind of the i didn't have a lot of options so i tied on this crawl colored Um, I don't know if it was a rattle trap. Uh, we'll talk about some of my, the ones I've been using, but, uh, I started catching fish. And from that point on, uh, again, that was late summer, uh, probably August, beginning of September. I, uh, I really haven't put it down just because every time I go out, it's been pretty productive for me. It's helped me, uh, keep the skunk off for the most part. Um, and, uh, so I feel like late summer going into the fall is a great time to be throwing it. Um, I'm thinking maybe that it'll work in the wintertime, And I know it definitely works in the springtime because that's when I originally, uh, bought the, uh, liplesses that I did. Uh, it was after watching a, a tactical tactical bass an episode where they were talking about springtime, early spring, when the water's just starting to warm up and the fish are starting to move back shallow, uh, that that's a good bait to use. Um, in my research that I've, I've done on this, uh, initially I had looked at the lipless crankbait as mostly a shallow, shallow water bait, but, uh, they're saying that it works really well out deep. I'm still, uh, definitely not a very well-versed deep angler, but I'm kind of excited to try this. Uh, um, when I think of deep water, you know, especially this time of year, as the water is getting a lot colder, I'm thinking blade baits. And everything I was reading and watching seemed to infer that um, a lot of places where you can fish that blade bait, where you're just stroking it off the bottom, is um, you can almost do the same thing with the lipless and, and still get bites. So looking forward to getting out and trying that um, here in PA as the water gets colder. It's definitely uh, starting to get really cold. Uh, this morning we had temperatures in the low 30s um and so the water temperature is going to be dropping real quick uh i'm gonna have to start wearing my dry suit and uh all that fun stuff not looking forward to that missing the uh warmer weather but it is what it is get back out on the water you got to do what you got to do so times a year again uh springtime is phenomenal um and then uh late summer into the fall is good and i'm thinking winter is going to be good too so um Now that we got that out of the way, I'll let you know, um, the kind of uh, my setup that I've been throwing it on, it's pretty simple. Uh, It's my crankbait rod. Um, In reading about this, uh, pretty much most of the things I saw were talking about uh, using a moderate rod or something with a lot of uh, that hyperbolic bend to it. uh, So that when the fish jumps, again, this is a treble hook bait. So uh, you wanna try and keep that fish pinned as much as you can. Um, and you know, don't want to introduce any slack into your line if you can help it. And, uh, that parabolic rod, uh, like a moderate action, at least if, if you don't have a a rod like that, at least something with a good bit of tip so that, uh, when the fish does, uh, you know, kind of jump, it'll still absorb some of that shock and kind of keep them pegged. Um, I knock on wood have not lost a fish yet on, um, on the lipless on that rod. Um, I'm using a Cas King uh, crank bait rod. It's it's like a seventy dollar rod. It's not a bank buster by any means, um, and it really really does well at, at keeping the fish pinned. Like I said, that the twenty incher jumped and uh, it was stayed pegged the whole time. So uh, I, I've been you know both lucky, uh, but also I think the rod has a lot to do with it. I did find um, one YouTuber that talked about using a uh, medium heavy moderate or. Uh, fast action rod with a lot of extra tip in it um, uh, that helped absorb the shock a little bit he wanted a little bit more backbone uh, but in my experience the the moderate rod that I've been using um, it's a medium moderate rod um, it's been working really really well Uh, line wise uh, I've read both fluorocarbon and braid braid deleter tactical bass and really recommended, uh, depending on the, your application, um, that, uh, you would stick with either uh, straight floor carbon. If you're more burning it right back to the boat or a steady retrieve, um, or one of the other retrieves that I'd like to talk about is, uh, kind of a yo-yo technique where you cast it out, let it hit the bottom and almost like you're stroking a jig or a blade bait. You're just pulling it up off the bottom a little bit and you'll feel that burp as it, uh, kind of, comes off the bottom, and then you just kind of follow it back down. And um, I also watched uh, my local tackle shop does a, uh, a Thursday night kind of podcast that every night or every Thursday, where they talk about different baits. And uh, recently, they covered the lipless as well, and they really talked about when you when you do that when you're stroking it, like doing the yo-yo, when you pull it up off the bottom, it's not crazy fast you're just kind of enough to that you can feel that vibration as it comes off the bottom but then they really stress that you want to sl- slowly let it back down and not just you know totally slack line it because a lot of times you'll get those hits as it's falling back down and you want to be able to feel that so they they really kind of stress uh on my local pot or uh tackle shop podcasts that you follow that back down. You almost still feel the weight of it as it goes back down to the bottom. Then when you feel it hit the bottom again, then you slowly bring it back up and um, you can get hits on the the pull up and on the fall there. And that's kind of the technique that I've actually been using on the river. Initially, I didn't think I I started out with a straight retrieve and um, uh, did okay with that, but I really started getting bites a lot more when I'd let it hit the bottom. And um, I, I mean, I do hang up occasionally. I've lost a few, um, once I go through the ones I have sitting here next to me, I'll kind of talk about that a little bit. I, I have lost quite a few, um, not quite a few, but maybe three or four, um, including that crawl one that I, you know, caught my first couple on. Um, but for the most part, I've been really surprised that it, uh, it hasn't gotten hung up as much as I would expect with no bill and a treble hook bait. So, um, again, I've been playing around with this yo-yo technique, uh, and I really, I, it's, it's been super productive to me. Um, it's kind of what I was doing when, uh, I caught the 20 incher. Uh, I was kind of feeling the rocks underwater and then as I'd feel them, I'd start pulling it up and reeling it slowly and then kind of let it go again. And, um, just adding some stops or pauses in my retrieve and let kind of allowing it to, hit bottom again and come back up so um again if you're doing that kind of technique uh tactical bass and really stress braid to leader because it uh will let you feel those rocks a lot more uh on that braided line and again that's i throw mostly braided leader on pretty much everything i do i just kind of have shied away from straight fluorocarbon on most things and um yeah it's worked out pretty well for me um but Again, uh, so they recommend, uh, everything I read kind of recommended between a 12 and 15 pound line, um, both in the fluorocarbon and in the braid. Um, I've been going a little lighter. I think my setup right now has 10 pound braid with uh, 10 pound fluorocarbon tied onto it um, uh, with a 10 pound leader. But, and that's worked okay for me. I, uh, again, I caught the 20 inch didn't really have any problems. It. it Kind of came right in um uh if i start breaking fish off it's definitely something probably one of the first things i'll look at upgrading uh but uh so far it hasn't been a problem for me but like i said just uh in full transparency everything i've read and watched online seems to uh, kind of lean towards 12 to 15 pounds so if you're looking to set that up you know that might be a good starting spot if your fish are a little more line shy or You already have 10 pound spooled on. uh, I wouldn't worry about changing it because it seems to be working okay for me. All right, so that is line. Um, and reel or rod, we talked about reel. Um, I'm throwing it on a spinning rod or a uh, a crank, uh, ah, a bait casting rod. Um, uh, trying to think what reel I have on there. I know it's a seven to one reel, um, and that's been working well for me. Um, tactical bass and a couple others recommended seven to eight uh, so that you can really catch up with the fish and and keep them pegged and make sure that they don't get any slack introduced into the line. Um, So definitely I think uh, a higher speed reel would be good. Um, I don't have any problems, you know, as far as feeling that uh, vibration or feeling like I'm working it too fast. It seems like uh, a pretty good speed uh, to me for, you know, pulling that bait through the water on a straight retrieve. And it lets me, um, you know, speed up and burn it if I really want to. Although most of my retrieves have been pretty steady, I've been kind of keeping it on the the slower side just enough that I can feel it vibrating. I also really like that because right now, uh, there's a lot of uh, leaves and stuff in the water, so I can tell uh, when I have something on it. Because if, uh, you know, it stops vibrating, but I don't feel that tug or weight on it, then uh you know it's almost always because something got on it and you can either uh you know give it a couple pops and try and clear that or just bring it in and uh clean off the hooks you know with the treble bait you always have um you know it's going to pick up a little bit more grass and a little bit more uh debris um but um so far i've been doing okay with cleaning it off um i did when i started fishing uh with jake that that first day uh we ended up having to go upriver away from the rocky really rocky spots into kind of the grass beds and uh, just due to some duck hunters that were uh, kind of stationed down around the really rocky parts and uh, just didn't feel comfortable down there around them so we ended up going up into the grass and I I initially was like well I'm gonna have to take this off because I'm gonna be pulling in grass left and right and initially I, I did but I started getting a good feel for uh, kind of you know just pulling it out of the grass and also keeping it riding just above the grass where I just kept ticking it and picking up a little bit of grass, but I could just give the rod a couple pops and it would clear that. And, uh, doing that technique, I really, um, uh, I landed a bunch of fish that day. Uh, and, uh, it was productive. And up until that point, I, I really had kind of shied away from the grass, uh, just cause I felt more comfortable in the rocky areas and, and didn't like uh, having to clean off my hook all the time um but after that that day uh, i kind of repeated that pattern the next couple times i went out uh with the lipless crankbait and really got kind of comfortable with with fishing in the grass there and that really you know gave me some hope for you know the future because that was an entire section of the river that i kind of shied away from um with anything treble hook baits because of you know just you know in my mind it seemed like it was wouldn't be the best place but it, it really was productive and um you know, I had fished that area before with a lot of different baits and didn't have near the luck that I had with the lipless. So I'm kind of excited for once, uh, kind of next year comes around to, to get back out to those spots. Um, let's see. So again, we talked about line, we talked about rods, the reels. Um, I guess we can go into the baits that I've been throwing and, um, I've really, you know kind of kept it simple and one of the cool things about these uh about lipless crankbaits is for the most part they are pretty cheap they are on the cheaper end of the hard bait spectrum um you can walk into pretty much um any major retailer that has fishing stuff and pick one up for pretty cheap probably the cheapest one that i found is the uh cotton cordell super spot um Again, this bait hasn't changed much. Um, I have a buddy at my church who um, unfortunately uh, has um, really started struggling with ALS and has started um, kind of going through his fishing stuff. He can't really get out and fish much anymore. Uh, when he does, he mostly fishes for trout at this point. So he's been uh, kind of selling me his uh, bass stuff, and this is a old, old um rattle trap that he had these baits just haven't changed much from the kind of when they came out but uh as the saying goes if it ain't broke don't fix it so again um so we have the uh the cordon cordell super spot i picked up this at walmart for i think three bucks uh nothing crazy um but the, the lure that i've been catching all of uh mine to look this on lately has been this is the one i caught the 20 inch on this is a uh, bill lewis rattle trap Uh, This is the half-ounce version. Um, They do make a quarter-ounce version. I have one somewhere. I couldn't find it when I was getting all my stuff ready. Um, But uh, I really like this color. I've grown to love the uh, black back uh, chartreuse in the river. It seems to be the most productive color I have. And obviously, that 20-inch Smalley seemed to like it, so I can't argue with that. But they do also come in all sorts of different colors. This one's a little more of a shad pattern. And... um, so that is one of been one of my favorites also um there's uh let's see i think that's the only rattle traps i have um so obviously you had the super uh the super spot uh the cotton cordell um one of the big ones that um tackle tactical bass and recommends is the lv 500 this is a lucky craft bait this one happens to be uh kind of a special one uh where, when i first started fishing and started watching youtube videos i remember watching tactical bassin and they talked about um this version of the lv 500 that had this little uh, blade on the front of it and i in researching this article i watched another um tactical bassin video where they said um that uh if you happen to have that hold on to it because uh, they don't make it anymore they said it came out on the market really quick and left just as quickly oddly enough for whatever reason so i'm kind of lucky to have that one um but again uh so this is the lucky craft lv 500 uh this one happens to be a blue grill pattern um and uh they they talk about that blade on the front sometimes fish just won't touch it but sometimes it'll be the only thing that fish will touch they'll be throwing different uh lipless cranks that uh, the fish just don't want anything to do with it, then they tie on the one with that little blade on the front and uh, just starts getting hammered. So again, that's the uh, Lucky Craft LV 500. Um, another option that I've uh, actually uh, had pretty good luck on, this is the Six Sense Quake. Um, the other uh, one of these that I actually caught more fish on uh, was a shad straight shad pattern and uh, funny story about that. I was fishing with, a, uh, I think a crankbait or something and, uh, at my local lake, uh, under a bridge and I foul hooked a, a little shad and I pulled it up and I was like, okay, well that's, what's down there. And I started digging through my tackle box. Um, and the only thing I could find that even was, uh, it ended up being like a perfect match. It was the quake, um, obviously in the shad color, not the bluegill, like this one is, um, I think I have another one that's somewhat like it. Um, this one was kind of like it, but the, the other one I had was more silver and had the the spot on it, obviously. And tied that after I, uh, foul hooked that shad, I ended up, I took a picture in my hand. I, w- I should have had that ready, but, uh, I had the quake sitting next to the shad and it was pretty much, you know, when you talk about matching the hatchet, pretty much matched it exactly size, shape, color, everything. It was, it was great. And, um, so I tied that on. And as soon as I threw it back in the same spot, bam, I caught a bass, caught another bass. I ended up catching three bass in like five minutes. It was great. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, definitely gave me a lot of confidence in that bait. So, um, the quakes are a little bit more expensive. Uh, I ended up getting both of those, uh, the first ones I got in a, in a six cents bag, um, that I had purchased it, you know, just a sample bag kind of thing. Uh, and, uh, then I went back out and got another one, uh, because it worked so well and kind of matched the size on that Lake. So, um, that again has been really, uh, a good bait for me. Um, I have, uh, this exospawn, uh, can't remember what it is. It's like robo something. It's kind of, it's a very interesting shape. Um, but, uh, I haven't caught a fish on this yet but I haven't thrown it a ton either um and that was kind of early on when I was still kind of getting a handle on the whole uh lipless um movement if you will uh so I I didn't really give that a fair shake um but uh, I'm excited to kind of try that in the spring um some of the other ones that I have uh I'm not sure what what this one is um Uh, but this is really kind of the color that I I had thrown in the, the quake that kind of matches. So I hung on to this one. This one is a little bit iridescent. I don't know if you, I can't really hold it up to the light, but you can kind of see through it. Um, it's a little, uh, but it has a little bit more, uh, flash than, uh, that other quake that I have. So I'm looking forward to throwing that a couple of the other uh, ones that I wanted to share my local tackle box has our tackle shop has, um, in their video they talked a little bit about some other baits Uh, i'm going to share my screen here because i pulled them up i tried to go there this morning but uh even though their website said they were open on sundays they were actually closed today so um that being said here is uh the first one they recommend that is the spro aruku shad um it's um i haven't been able to like i said try it out but uh Again, you can see there it's a little bit more expensive, but that was the one they recommended the most. I am looking forward to trying that out when I get back there when they're open uh, just to see. Um, A couple other options um, that I wanted to show you guys were the Strike King Red Eye Shad. I have that here too. Um, I do have one example of those uh, here in my tackle box, but I'll show you in a second. It's not the best example. So there's the Strike King Red Eye Shad. These also come, uh, in, uh, two sizes. A lot of these crankbaits are, uh, these lipless cranks come in uh, quarter ounce and half ounce versions. Um, some of them actually even come in three quarter ounce versions. I've been mostly using the half ounce version. Um, I do have a couple that are the three quarter ounce versions. Um, but, uh, the half ounce seems to work well for me in, in the depths of water that I'm fishing. I haven't been fishing deep, like I said. Um, but, uh, in in you know, and when I say deep, I say probably the deepest I've fished it is maybe ten foot, uh, all the way up to you know a foot around a foot is uh, kind of where I have fished this bait, but uh, and had luck. Um, that being said, Tactical Bassin did talk about fishing it deep, like I said. And one of the other options that uh, Tactical Bassin really recommended, I'll show that here too, is the Jackal TN seventy. Um, hold on a second share screen. Pardon me. Bear with me. I'm still getting used to this uh, whole uh, screen sharing thing here on uh, Streamyard. But there you go. You can see there the that's the Jackal TN, and um, specifically uh, Tactical Bassin mentioned using the size 70, so the Jackal TN 70. Again, I don't have any of those either, but they were highly recommended by Tactical Bassin. So I'm definitely, um, you know, looking forward to picking those up as well to give it a try. And um, as far as when to throw some of these and when to throw different ones, uh, Tactical Bassin really recommended throwing um, the heavier baits when you're doing the yo-yo technique. So they they talked about the, uh, um, sorry about that. My dog is apparently freaking out upstairs, but... Um, They really recommend throwing the uh, LV500 or the Quake, some of the bigger crankbaits when you're doing that yo-yo technique. Um, A, because it gets it down quicker, um, but then you can also kind of feel that vibration a little bit better. And, um, oh, I wanted to show you, so we'll stop sharing that. And I'll show you the other uh, red-eye shad that I wanted to talk about it's almost unrecognizable and um this is actually the bait that i learned to use my bait caster on which is why it looks so torn up um i wanted something you know somewhat heavy that i could cast a, a good mile and kind of get really used to uh, i not backlashing but this is the body shape of a red eye shad but you can see the hooks are gone um, the eyeballs are gone most of the pain is gone uh, that just came from chucking that around my backyard and really getting used to my bait caster. So, um, again, the red eye shad is also, um, another bait that comes in, um, um, the a bigger and a smaller size, um, and the smaller sizes, um, tactical bass and really recommended for, you know, the kind of straight retrieve or burning it along the top. Um, whereas the heavier baits, uh, like, uh, the, uh, LV 500, and the quake um you, you know for more of that deeper yo-yoing technique uh, another thing uh, a lot of these baits come with different kind of sounds so that this is the lv it has that kind of marbly small rattle sound the quake kind of has a similar one the uh the uh, spot or the uh, I'm trying to blank on this. The rattle trap also has that really kind of high pitched, more um, BB sound. Um, But then some of them, like this, the exospawn is actually silent. Um, That was the, and then some of them, like my red eye shad, is it's more of like a knock. So they make them uh, in in lots of different sounds. I've had the most luck on, uh, like I said, the rattle traps were more of that really small BB kind of high pitched sound. But uh, um, I've, I've had luck with the hard knock crankbaits, uh, the build crankbaits, so uh, I also want to, you know, try and pick up a few of those, because I think there's times when all they hear is the, the, the high-pitched ones, so when you come in there with a the hard knock, sometimes you can get a, a few more baits, or a few more bites if you're coming in behind some people who might have been throwing those um, the high-pitched, more BB kind of sounding. Um, baits, you can kind of pick up a few of those bites that they might have missed just because they want to hear something different. Um, but I, I, I think you know, if I had to guess, I'd say that's probably why I've been having uh, luck lately. Because again, they're they're going to hear these baits coming a long way away and um, be able to really key in on that sound and catch up to them. Um, as far as colors, uh, from what I've read, uh, talks about obviously in the springtime you want to do your crawl colors. Um, you know. Uh, like I said, I, I actually had luck with that late, late summer as well. Only that was all I had. And I threw it and still got bites. So, um, you know, as much as, you know, color can matter. I, you know, obviously sometimes I think it's just, uh, what you throw in front of them if you're lucky enough, uh, tactical bass talked about that crawl pattern also working. If you find a school and can get it fired up, you know, then you'll throw anything in there, something that will really just catch their attention and it'll just annihilate it. So, I kind of, uh, like I said, I've, I've had that similar luck. Um, then the, uh, obviously, the bluegill patterns that you have, um, the more natural patterns. Um, I also have this one. So those those definitely are good to have. Um, I have this guy. I've actually, this one's, I think, a three-quarter one because it is a little heavier. Um, but I actually caught a couple fish on this uh, uh, early in this fall, too, once I lost that uh, first uh, crawl pattern. That was the one I tied on and ended up catching a bunch on that as well. Um, so then you want to also have something more of the, uh, kind of more natural or maybe the ghost. So this one you can't really see, but, um, looking at the, my podcasting light through this, I can kind of see through this bait, even though, um, it's also reflecting, um, this is kind of a translucent, but that ghost minnow color is really good. Uh, my, uh, Susquehanna Fishing Tackle, my local tackle shop, that's the color that they recommended, Uh, so again, as soon as they open up, uh, I can get there while they're open. I'm going to pick up a few of those as well um, for the river, and then then your straight shad patterns, obviously, uh, are going to work really well too, so kind of those are the basic colors that I would start out with if you're just getting uh, started trying this out, and um, so yeah, so we've covered uh, a bunch of different stuff. We've talked about the rods, reels, lines, when, um, let's see. Uh, hooks, that's one thing that almost every place I've read and watched videos, they recommend uh, upgrading the hooks. Uh, I have not done that much. They Now, they said the, the quake, you can't really see the hooks on the quake there. Actually, you can on this one. Um, they actually have some really good hooks on them. So they said for those, you don't necessarily have to upgrade those. But on the really cheaper baits like the, uh, the, the Cotton Cordell Super Spot, you know, this is a $3 bait. So obviously the hooks probably aren't going to be the highest quality. So on those, if, uh, you know, you're worried about that, that's definitely something you can do. Some of the hooks that I've heard thrown around are the uh, Gamagatsu EWGs, um, the Owner st 56s um, uh, Tactical Bassin really seem to recommend um, something where the tip points in and not straight up uh just to really increase your hookup ratio uh so as i kind of wear down the hooks on some of these if i'm lucky enough to you know keep them and not lose them and actually just actually wear out the hooks that that is probably something i will start start doing is uh going towards more of the uh, tipped in hooks like the ewg kind of style treble hooks so definitely one thing to keep in mind um another thing that I heard mentioned um uh, and it actually uh one of the baits that I had been throwing and lost, <coughs> excuse me, had a red front hook. And uh that was one of the big tips that Tactical set talked about. Uh it just gives the fish something to key on, key in on. So if you kind of seem like you're you're missing baits or they're they're getting off, they're only catching the back hook for whatever reason, to put a red hook on the front and give that a try because it'll you know kind of let them focus in a little bit more on the front of the bait when they're hitting it. And, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, catch both hooks at that point then if, if they're really getting hooked well. So that's one thing that they mentioned. Another thing that they mentioned kind of in, in similar to the LV 500 with the blade on the front is that VMC hook that they have out now that has the underspin blade attached to the treble hook. Um, so you can kind of mimic that, uh, same thing, um, just using that VMC bladed hook as well so uh, that might get you a few more bites on a day when uh you know they're seeing a lot of the regular lipless and you, you know just need a little added flash to pick up that extra bite um that's um pretty much everything that i uh kind of wanted to go through so again uh apologize uh, i didn't have a, a guest today um but I hope you guys find this information useful. I hope you, uh, you know, give it a shot. If you're heading out on the water, um, in late fall, uh, kind of quickly approaching winter, sadly. But I think right now, if you have the chance and you have a couple in your tackle box, you're still getting out there on the water. give it a try. And, and, um, you know, if you, if it happens to work out for you, let me know. I'd appreciate hearing from you guys. Always love hearing the feedback and, um, you know, it definitely is something that keeps me plugging along. Um, wanted to mention a few other things uh I never got to say congrats to um Randy Bean for winning the uh overall noobs tournament uh this year but uh congrats to Randy I think Chris Johns came in second so congrats to him as well again uh thank you guys everyone who participated in the noobs tournament this year uh I always uh like uh competing against you guys I kind of hop in every month just to it helps me uh gives me some reason to get out on the water Um, but I also like the camaraderie and the group and everything. So thanks again to all the noobs. Um, hopefully we'll bring that back next year. Um, so anybody who missed out on it this year or for whatever reason, didn't feel comfortable joining in, um, next year when it comes around, just give it a shot. It's super laid back. Uh, it's not a huge entry fee by any means. Um, and it just gets you into that, uh, tournament fishing. If you've uh, never done it before, you want to try it. Um, and, uh, So thanks again to everyone who participated in that this year. We'll definitely hopefully be bringing that back next year. I wanted to give a quick, uh, you know, shout out, uh, not shout out, but uh, thoughts and prayers to Aaron Martin's family uh, on his passing. Uh, Everything I've read, I never had the opportunity to meet him, but everything I've read and heard uh, sounded like he was a a great person, uh, would, you know, kind of do anything for anyone. So Uh, and uh, truly a great ambassador for the sport of fishing. So um, sad to hear of his passing, but, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers definitely go out to his family as well. And um, recently, just yesterday, I found out that uh, one of my cousin's wives passed away due to uh, some addiction that she was battling. So thoughts and prayers definitely go out to uh, my cousin and his family. Uh, It was a shock and if any of you guys are are struggling with any kind of addiction or something, just please, please reach out. Uh, there's definitely help out there and, you know, um, in dealing, you know, working with heroes on the water, um, you know, people who are battling things, um, fishing can be a great outlet and, um, you know, just, just seek out, you know, anything you can, anything you can do to, you know, kind of try and break that cycle. So, um, it's just been something that's been weighing on my mind the last, uh, you know yesterday and today since i heard that news so um definitely uh you know reach out to your friends anybody you know you know that could be struggling it's definitely a tough time for all of us as we kind of see our way through these crazy times but uh um again you know go home hug your family uh and yeah so all right enough of that all that bs uh guys thanks for uh, joining me this week again um I uh, have a couple of winter more wintertime techniques that I'd like to bring to you in the future. Uh, have some guests that I'm working on lining up for that. Uh, Brad Hicks had given me a few ideas too, that uh, you guys had put on Instagram. So, um, I'm trying to line up guests for those, uh, ideas as well. So look forward to those in the future. Um, but, uh, again, uh, thanks for hanging with me today, guys. Uh, I hope you'll, hope you learned something and we'll be back hopefully with a guest next week, but, uh, Until then, this has been the Bass Racing for Noobs segment on the Paddle and Fin Podcast, where we bring you the techniques, the tricks, and the tips to help you rip more lips. Thanks, guys, and I will catch you next week. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle and Fin.